and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about today, don't we? We definitely, I, uh, I'm recording the pod early. I thought about doing that anyway because it was Thanksgiving week. You know, I, I usually drop the podcast on Fridays, um, but I think this called for a little early. You know, plus with the holiday, I, I don't even know where to begin here. Um, we had some big breaking Disney news. You all have heard it by now, and I figured maybe I should give my opinion on it. Maybe you should do, we should do an episode on it, even though last week's episode, we kind of talked a lot about Bob Chappick, and we talked about the price increases, and we talked about, you know, when are things going to change, and when is enough enough. I guess we got our answer. Um, so we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about Bob Chappick um, stepping down, getting fired, however you want to say it. You know, Disney gave him the decency of letting him step down. Um, but he was fired. Let's be honest. He was fired. So we're going to get into all of that. Before we do, got to plug the socials here. Uh, follow me on Instagram, TikTok. Those are those are the big two. Um, really trying to make a push for 10,000 followers on each platform. TikTok, I'm getting close. I'm at like 8,800. That's, that's close. That's, we're getting there. We're chipping away. Instagram, I'm like stuck at like 6,000. It doesn't change, I feel like, no matter what I do. But if you aren't following me, hit me up on there. Follow me there. Um, my DMs on Instagram are always open if you want to reach out. Say hi, say what's up, talk some Disney, send me something cool, talk about sports, whatever it is. Uh, my DMs are always open. I love interacting with you guys. Helps my days uh, go by a lot quicker, especially when I'm at work. I get a message, you know, uh, like the other day. Someone sent me a, um, you know, a, a Disney reel, and I got all excited to uh, to read it. So, uh, hit me up on there uh, anytime. Also, if you have suggestions or topic ideas, anything for the show, you can reach me there as well. Uh, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's available everywhere. But hit that subscribe button, uh, rate, review, five star ratings would be cool. Definitely would be cool if you leave me a review. If you write me one, uh, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. I love reading those. Even if it's something simple, even if it's a few words, even if it's you hate it and you want to tell me how much you hate the podcast, feel free uh, to leave me a review there on um, the Apple podcast page. Spotify, they don't let you uh, write reviews yet, but you can leave me a rating. So now, now that we got that out of the way, like I kind of said last week, we talked about you know the, the recent news with Disney and they announced their price increase. And here we are less than a week later, and the entire structure of the company has changed. Iger's back, Chapik is out. There's been some more uh, kind of moves as well. So pretty much we're going to spend this episode just kind of talking about Chapik, the Bob Chapik era, why he was let go, what's going to happen, Bob Iger. You know, we're going to talk about him because this is, this is a weird time. You know, this is a weird time because, you know, Iger was in charge and, you know, there were some people who had problems with him as well. Uh, you know, they're bringing him back. I think it's going to be somewhat of a temporary role. But I think the big news, Chapik stepping down, 
this is a uh, this is a crucial point for Disney. This is a very crucial point. Uh, this was big news Sunday night. Um, you know, a, a few days ago, it seemed like everyone was talking about Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster, and how Taylor Swift broke the internet. Well, Sunday night at like eight or nine o'clock, whatever time the news came out here, it feels like uh, that broke the internet because my timeline, my feed, my texts, my messages, full of people with reactions wanting to hear my opinion, like. You know it's a big deal when, like, someone like me, like, I got three texts or messages from friends, from casual Disney people who are like, whoa, this is big, right? Or did you hear the news? Like, that's how you know it's big. So we're going to get into all that. That's all I got for this intro. We'll probably just talk a little Disney in general at the end as well, because I don't want to just rant about Bob Chappick again for another, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. So let's have some fun. It's Thanksgiving week, and here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So it's hard to even know where to start with all of this. I guess we'll just go back to Sunday night when the news comes through. Chappick is out. Iger is back. Um, it seemed like it seemed like the easy choice. You know, when you make a move like this, that was you know kind of sudden and out of nowhere. Um, you know, you kind of got to lean on you know whoever was in charge before. And uh, Iger's going to step in and hopefully kind of restore some order here. You know, Chappick, he became the uh, the CEO of the entire Disney company in 2020. Like, is it just me or does it, like, did it seem like he was CEO like so much longer than that? Only two years. He lasted only two years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. That in itself tells you what kind of person, what kind of leader, what kind of manager, what kind of CEO he actually is. You know, a a company like the Walt Disney Company, you pretty much just have to not screw it up and you could have that job for as long as you want it. You know, like it, it's, it's kind of like a company that runs itself. It's kind of like the NFL, like Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL makes tons of money, millions and what does he actually do? He's just like the, you know, the head of the league. He's just kind of the face behind the league. You know, he doesn't really do much. Many people don't like him, but it's a league that runs itself, makes money every year, you know, and so he'll have that job as long as he wants. It's kind of like that with the Walt Disney Company. It was, it's a little different because, you know, like in, in 2020, um, you know, they, they lost money, but as long as you don't piss off everyone and do all these drastic changes, you can kind of, you know, have the job for a while. And it probably wasn't easy that he, you know, took over in February of 2020, you know, a few weeks before the entire world shut down due to COVID. But, you you know, he stepping into that position, you, you're at the top, you're at the top. So it's up to you to kind of make sure things run smoothly. And he failed at that. You know, he failed from the very beginning, you know, right as soon as he stepped into that role. And yeah, it, it sucks and it 
oh, maybe it's unfair that you become CEO right at the start of a pandemic, but that's just sometimes how life works. Like you stepped into that role, one of the most prestigious titles in all of the United States when it comes to like companies and stuff. So it's a little surprising too uh, that he failed in the way that he did as as quick as he did, um, considering he's been you know a part of the company you know for almost thirty years. He um, he worked for Disney in 1993. He was the marketing uh, director for Bonavista Entertainment, which at that time was all the Disney VHS tapes, all the Disney videos, and he probably did a good job at that because. Every single 90s kid had every single Disney movie on VHS. And those VHS covers are iconic to this day. You see merchandise and, you know, nostalgia for it. So, he, you know, he started a long time ago, worked his way up the company. You know, Michael Eisner kind of endorsed him back in the day, uh, saying how, you know, you could tell that he was going to be on the rise. Um, you know, uh, he was like a marketing director. So usually those kinds of minds are, you know, they have a mind for business, but also, you know, they have like that creative side. Um, you know, in 2006 or in 2009, um, he kind of worked his way up. He became like the president of distribution for Walt Disney Studios, you know, just kind of continued to make his way up there. Um, he was appointed president of Disney Consumer Products in uh, 2011, and that's when Disney bought Star Wars, and, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, was the guy that kind of figured out the, all the deals with, like, all the Star Wars toys and all the distribution rights for all that stuff, and so obviously Disney, the, the company, the people above him, they all kind of liked him. You know, he was a go-getter. He was a guy who was intense. He knew how to, you know, make money. In 2015, he was named chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. Um, basically putting him in charge of all the uh, parks worldwide. And he began working on Shanghai Disneyland in 2016. Uh, he saw the completion and launch of Pandora at Animal Kingdom. Then he also directly managed... You know, the planning and construction and opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, at Disneyland and Disney World. And Galaxy's Edge, that was the big one. That's the one, um, you know, they, they put all that time and money into. They allegedly spent like a billion dollars. They wanted to make it the most immersive land they have ever built. And, you know, the following year in 2017, um, you know, Disney recorded a 14% increase in operating income and that's the that's the number that kind of raises you know the the eyebrows and then says oh maybe he could be you know the replacement for Bob Iger you know he's he's worked his way up the company he's overseen like the the completion of you know these parks worldwide and these lands and galaxy's edge and hey look we're up 14% um this is though this is when he starts to get criticized this is where it starts because when he gets put in charge of parks and resorts is when his marketing background maybe kind of comes into play and his idea is to put as much intellectual property into the parks as physically possible now why would he do that 
it's, I don't want to say it's easy money, but it's easy money. You know, how do you draw more people and families and kids into Epcot? We have this ride called Maelstrom. Let's theme it to Frozen. Next thing you know, there's a two hour wait. Everyone's and their mother wants to, you know, go to Epcot to ride the new Frozen ride. Like that's his marketing background coming into play. Let's just put the stuff that sells. We know Frozen sells. We know Frozen's popular. Let's put it in the park. Let's get more people into the parks. Let's get more kids into Epcot. So that kind of tells you his kind of strategy uh, as a whole. You know, he he wants to make the company as much money as possible because that makes him look better. You know, he's kind of got a background. Like his background is making money. Let's make money. You know, doing that with the intellectual property, that'll help. You know, he was kind of in charge of the whole Disney store um, kind of situation where, you know, they they started closing all of the iconic Disney stores that were left in the United States. And he struck a deal with Target to put, you know, kind of like makeshift kind of Disney stores into Target. You know, Target sells more and more Disney IP now. He kind of figured, you know, our fans uh, shop at Target anyways you know, why keep these brick and mortar Disney stores open when we can just merge with Target and let them kind of sell our stuff and handle our inventory and all of that? You know, at this point, uh, him and Iger were pretty much working together and Iger had kind of endorsed him as being his successor. But, you know, what is he supposed to say, you know, in that situation? This guy has worked his way up the company, has a background in marketing. He's been successful in every department and division he's been in. Yeah, he'd make a great successor. I think where his problems started is that he always looked at the company as that, just that, as a company, as a business, as, you know, the bottom line and numbers. And he was not great at being, you know, like a people person, you know, having the the guest, the customer's best interest at heart. That's not who he was. And he faced some controversy you know, it really started to go downhill of what I can remember. Uh, I believe it was like last year when Florida passed a new, I think it was a law. And it was known, not to get, I'm not going to get political, but it needs to be brought up. It was known at least like in the news and online and stuff as the don't say gay law. And the way that Chapik handled that situation tells you, you know, everything you need to know. He did not know how to handle it. He, he fumbled that situation. He refused to, you know, criticize the legislation. Um, and, you know, after he gets, you know, <laughs> criticized online, gets criticized by members of his own team, um, then he comes out and reverses his statement saying, oh, you know, I'm opposed to it, all this stuff. Um, and he, you know, his relationship with the governor was always kind of put into question. And, you know, was he doing what he was doing, like I said, like the, you know, the consumer, the people's best interest at heart, or he was just trying to, you know, play, you know, play his hand and not piss off, you know, the governor because of all like the COVID stuff. So that was like the first kind of big controversy I remember him facing and it was all pretty much downhill from there. You know what he reminds me of? It reminds me like perfectly of a boss I used to have at one of my old jobs. This guy, 
at the the board loved him. He had a business background. He had a background and experience in finances. He was in charge, you know, of of the finance of the entire company, and they loved him because whenever you know every year or quarterly or whenever it was, he would show them, hey, look at this bottom line. Look at this number. Look how much money we made. Look how much money I saved you. And they loved him because of that. They, you know, that's all they knew. That's all. Oh, look at this guy. He's saving us money. He's he must be great. What they didn't know was that in order to get that bottom line number to look so good to the board, was that he had to piss off a lot of people. He had to cut a lot of corners. He created a toxic work environment, and that's something that affected the lower employees that, you know, the board didn't know. They didn't see. They were blinded by the fact that he was making them money. He was saving them money. That's all they, that's all they noticed. That's all they cared about. They didn't realize just how bad of, a, you know, he was with just dealing with people. Those are two separate things. Like, you can have you know, the, the best background and the best degree and the best experience in working a certain job, working like this guy, working with numbers, but just be completely oblivious and lost on how to talk and treat people. You know, that's, that's the vibe I always got from Chappick. Like great background, educational, great experience, you know, great at what he did in marketing and business operations and developing business strategy plans and everything like that. When it came to dealing with his peers, his employees, the media, the news, he it just seemed like he was just completely lost and always saying the wrong thing. You know, that's the vibe that I got. Like just this week like he was about to lay off a a bunch of cast members. He was going to do a bunch of layoffs. This guy made $34 million last year. The company made billions and he was about to lay off cast members after you just bragged about how much money, you know, the company was making and how you're in the green now and how Disney Plus is so successful and and Galaxy's Edge is so successful and our, you know, international parks are so successful. Oh, yeah, but we're going to do a bunch of layoffs. But you know, that tells you how much he actually cares about you, the employee. Like if you were working for him, there's he did not care about you. He cared about himself. He cared about the bottom line. He cared about how much money he could save the company and tell, you know, the, the board of directors. And, hey, you know, look at look at the, the stock price. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. Yeah, look what happened. You know, another example, like the, the rumor going around is that uh, CFO Christine McCarthy, I believe is her name. She kind of led the charge to get him out now um, because the quarter four earnings uh, for Disney came out and, uh, you know, it was, you know, down. It was a loss. And he was about to blame literally, I think her, I think he was going to blame her, Christine McCarthy. He was going to blame everyone but himself um, for those losses. And that just kind of shows you he doesn't take accountability for himself, you know. And just the stuff that he would say, you can just tell that this guy 
just came off as arrogant, came off as pompous, however you want to say it. He came off as an ass. Um, just not, not the guy that you want as the face of the Disney company. This is the guy who you should probably keep, you know, behind the camera, you know, at a desk somewhere where no one knows who he is. Just let him do his his number crunching and do his marketing and do his all you know business plans and stuff. Don't let him be the face of your company and go up and speak and do press conferences and lead your company, the Disney company. You know, Iger, Bob Iger had a lot of complaints. I you know, but he gets the benefit of the doubt just because he's not Bob Chappick, you know? It could have been literally anyone replacing him and it would have been good news. Like, that's how bad it was, you know? And he he, he angered me a lot. You know, I feel like he was really big on all these new financial changes and, and costs cutting and let's charge for... Fast pass. Let's get rid of the Magical Express. Let's, you know, change the pricing structure. All while this guy took home a $20 million bonus or whatever it was last year. Like, that's what pisses me off. Like, you don't get it. You know, you're you're probably felt untouchable, you know, pissing off the loyal Disney community. You know, and finally, when the stock price kind of dropped and the earnings reports weren't as expected and you know you hear stuff about how the star wars stuff isn't doing as good as everyone projected you know it makes me feel pretty good like how does it feel now buddy like everyone hated you you did nothing to help yourself you did nothing to kind of defend yourself you just kind of accepted it and now look what you're at you know i'm sure he'll get a great job somewhere else like with abc or Paramount, or some other company, but I am glad that he's gone. You know, I've been seeing so many, like, news reports, or, you know, the reports from blogs and, and rumors and stuff. One of the rumors that came out is that he took a bunch of Disney bloggers and influencers out to lunch, um, pretty much bribing them to not talk bad about him. Let that sink. This is a this is a CEO of one of the largest companies in the world, one of the most well-known companies in the world, taking out a bunch of bloggers and and YouTubers and influencers, taking them out to lunch and pretty much saying like, "Hey, you help me, I'll help you." Like maybe cool it on the you know taking jabs at me. How about you make me look and sound good? And I'll take care of you guys. Like, that is that is some shady stuff right there. And I can tell you guys right now, I didn't get no free lunch. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm a big enough blogger or Instagrammer or influencer at all. Um, honestly, though, if I'm in that situation, if, if Chappick calls me up a few months ago and says, Hey, Kevin, I've seen your TikToks. They're hilarious. I love you. I want to invite you to lunch. Hey, I'm going to lunch. I I like to eat. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm going to take a free meal from this dude. I would go to lunch, and I would hear what he had to say. And when he would ask me to um, not be honest and, you know, not talk crap about him and, 
you know, make him look good, I would respect, respectfully tell him, I can't do it. Just out of the good conscience of my heart, thank you for the lunch. I'm expecting you to pick up the tab, but I will continue to say what I want to say, make reels that make fun of you, whatever I have to do, you know, until I'm happy with the direction of the company. And shame on any of those, those bloggers or sites or whoever it was, if they took him up on that, you know, that's that shame on you. I, I don't know how you could do that. You know, in today's world, like there's just so much dishonesty. Just just be who you are. If you're not happy with him, if you're not happy with the company, say it. You, you know, I know some of them get certain perks and stuff and they're afraid to say it. And uh, so that's why, you know, hopefully, you know, you guys come to me, you'll, you know, you'll be getting 100% honesty. But that's... Uh, that's just another another uh, part of his legacy that uh, it's going to go down, going to be tainted. Like, it's got to be, you know, I don't feel bad for him. Like, I hope he realizes, like, waking up every day as the CEO of Disney, like, just a large number of people just despised you. You know, you took advantage of people. This is what you get. That's karma. That's karma. So... We won't be hearing from him, I don't think, anytime soon. You know, his legacy is definitely tainted, and it's going to go down. We're going to remember this for a long time about the guy who was a huge disappointment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I'm very interested on what Bob Iger's going to do. What is his goal? Like, one of the statements I read uh, was that he was unhappy with how Chappick treated uh, his peers, how he treated his... Uh, employees, how he pretty much lost, pretty much, you, you know, he lost his direction. Um, you know, Iger, I think he understands better. I think he understands that, A, he needs to make money for Disney. He needs to make money for the company. But, B, you need to do it in a in a different way than you would any other company, if that makes sense. I think, I think he gets it. You know, he understands this isn't Paramount. This isn't Sony. This isn't NBC. This is Disney. It's different. The Disney fans are different than fans of other types of companies and other brands. We're built different, guys. I think Iger does get that. It's you know, between like the, the stockholders and the vacation club members or just the, the fans on the internet, we are a pretty big, strong community and we're not silent. We're not afraid to have our voices heard and voice our opinions. And we want them to listen to us because Disney is kind of built on repeat customers, you know? I'd like to see the percentage of visitors each year who have been there for the first time versus a repeat visitor. You know, it feels like they're built on us, the people that keep going back, the loyal Disney community. And I think Iger gets that. I think he does. 
it'll be interesting what he does, how he does it, when he does it. If he, I'll tell you guys right now, if he wants to make a statement and put his you-know-what's on the table and say, listen, I'm back, we're getting back to our roots, we're doing things different. If he wants to do that, if he wants to step up, now this is going to, it'll make Chappick look terrible. I don't know what their friendship is like, but if they're not, if the friendship's not, you know, in the picture, he would step in and get rid of the Genie Plus Fast Pass or get rid of the payment option. That, if he does that within the next week or two, that changes everything. That makes him look like Superman, like a hero. Like, hey, I was gone for a while. I took a couple years off. This guy came in, messed everything up. Don't worry. I'm here. I'm going to fix it. You guys deserve better. Hey, Fast Pass, we went, what, 20 years, more than that, 20-something years without paying for Fast Pass. The pandemic's over. We're back to operating the green. It's gone. We're getting rid of it. We're going back to the way Disney Plus, uh, the Disney Fast Pass, my Disney experience, whatever it was called. We're going back to that. That would be a huge statement. That would be that would take a lot. That would take a lot, though. I don't know if he is capable of doing that. I don't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if the board would okay that. You know, I don't know how it works numbers-wise. That would make a statement. That would get people like me back on board. Like, hey, this isn't just a publicity stunt. This guy really does want to make a change. He's not here just collecting a paycheck. Let's go. Like, he's back. <laughs> like that's That would change everything in my mind. You know, I'm I'm really excited what he's going to do just about the park specifically. Um, you know, Iger was there for, I believe, 15 years. And one of the most recent things he was kind of known for was he kind of spearheaded the Disney Fox deal. It was like, what, $71 billion, I think, uh, to acquire Fox and all those properties. And as a huge Marvel fan, I, I loved it. You know, that we could finally get like the X-Men and Deadpool in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and the rights to these, you know, characters back. Um, some people would look at that deal as maybe a flop. You know, what did, what did they really acquire? Um, I, was, was Avatar a part of that deal or is that before? I, I get confused so much on what owned what, but I, I want to see what he does with the parks. You know, like the 50th anniversary celebration is gone. It came and gone and it it just felt so lackluster. You know, is that just me? Like, am I wrong? Like when in the future, when people think back to Disney celebrations and anniversaries, I would bet money that the, you know, the 1996 uh, celebration will be remembered more. You know, they had the castle cake. I feel like the logo and the merch was better. The 50th. I don't know. It just it didn't seem that memorable memorable to me. Maybe it's because I just had so much going on in my life. You know, I got I got married. I didn't go down to Disney for a year. Like maybe that's why. But I don't know. It just it just seemed a little lackluster, like not as big as it should have been. You know, he he may have to do more behind the scenes like the of what I've heard and read about Disney Plus is that it started out amazing. Uh it it succeeded you know better and faster than they thought it would but now it's like the opposite now they're losing money off disney plus and it's it 
that doesn't surprise me, really. You know, I'm a huge Disney fan, huge Marvel fan. I don't watch Disney Plus that much. You know, the Marvel shows have not been good. You know, they have all the old stuff on there. Like, we watch it more to watch, like, if we want to watch a Disney movie. You know, we're not watching it for the new content because the new content just seems mediocre. It seems like it's budgeted. It seems like they're, hey, let's create this straight to Disney Plus movie. Um, so let's not use a big budget. We're going to keep it. It's almost like straight to DVD stuff. Like Hocus Pocus 2, I didn't really love. It felt like a straight to DVD movie to me. You know, and that's not how it should. Like, look at Netflix with like Stranger Things and these other, you know, Apple TV and Ted Lab. Like, some of these other streaming sites and their memorable TV shows, their shows, they don't feel cheap. They feel like movie quality. Disney Plus needs more movie quality content. I've did I've done two TikToks on stuff they should add to Disney Plus. Like some of it's some old, you know, Disney Channel movies and stuff, but. Add more park original stuff. Add more stuff from the vault. Like, add the Epcot opening day ceremonies from, you know, the 1981. Add, you know, Magic Kingdom opening day ceremonies. Add the Disney travel, you know, specials from the 2000s. Add the all the Disney planning movies. Like, I would, I would literally sit down right now and watch a full Disney, you know, vacation planning, you know, VHS uh, from 1992. But that stuff's not on there. Like, they have some good original content. They have some good stuff. But they need more. Um, so they, he's going to have his hands full. It's not going to be an easy easy thing to do. Like, he could easily just kind of step in and, like I said, be loved again just because he's not Chappic. But I really do hope that he, you know, wants to make a change and bring the magic back. If I could go back and just bring up uh, the Disney Plus again, I was thinking... You know, like, look around to these other streaming services. Like, what are they known for? Like, yes, there's, you know, good original shows. But, like, look at Netflix. They're pretty much known for their documentaries. Like, Disney Plus needs more good documentaries. There's the Imagineering story. You know, I think the, the new one with Chris Hemsworth is good. But other than that, they need more. You know, and and I'm not even talking just straight Disney ones. Like, Disney Parks ones... There should be, like, the Disney story is so great and so interesting. Um, there should be a documentary on the creation of Disneyland. The creation of Disney World deserves, like, a big, you know, eight-part documentary. Just everything on how Walt, like, was using a fake identity and buying up all the land and, like, the different, like, states and different areas he was looking at. Like, that's a documentary I think casual fans could enjoy, too. But then for like the Disney diehards, like make a documentary about the Magic Kingdom, make a documentary about Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, you know, stuff like that. The Disney decade, they, they need to find more topics to do documentaries. And then, hey, you know, you own a bunch of properties, you know, you bought all the rights to stuff, broaden your horizons, you know, bring more people in, like... I love the ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries and they have like half of them on Disney plus where are the other half, <laughs> you know, make some more, make your own original, you know, Disney plus sports documentaries or whatever. But just another thought going back to the whole Disney plus thing. Cause that sounds like it's an issue right now. You know, they've like merged with Hulu and ESPN plus, um, 
that's something Iger's going to have to deal with. It's not, unfortunately, it's not just straight Parks stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he does. Um, I'm going to try to be optimistic about things. Uh, you know, I really want to get my dad's opinion. My dad, very opinionated when it comes to uh, the Disney CEOs. Like he always kind of felt like that. Uh, Michael Eisner kind of got a bad rap on the way out. You know, if you sit down now and just like make a list and look at everything that like Michael Eisner did, he changed Disney. Now he made, yeah, everyone's got their bad decisions. Um, I believe he didn't want Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. He wanted uh, the guy from Eight Simple Rules, John Ritter, I think his name was. He didn't like, he didn't like Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Um, I believe he passed on Survivor, uh, the, the TV show to be part of ABC. Uh, but that, that aside, the Disney decade is all Michael Eisner. You know, Bob Iger has his, his positives and negatives. Bob Chapik is mostly negative. So I'm just going to try to be optimistic. We'll see where this goes. We'll, we'll see what he does. That pretty much wraps up all my venting and ranting about, the uh, Bob Chappick situation, Bob Iger stepping in, um, you know, and now we just kind of play the waiting game. We'll see where this goes, but just, uh, you know, back on a positive note, you know, we got change. Change is good. It's Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. What are some of your favorite Thanksgiving uh, meals? It would be cool to go to Disney for Thanksgiving. That's one um, I wouldn't mind doing, you know, Thanksgiving for my family, like my family is close. Um, like growing up, like we all lived in the same town, like us, my, my aunt and her two children, my two cousins, my grandma and grandpa, we all lived in the same town, a small town. It was a five minute drive in any direction to any of our houses. And we would see each other every single week, you know, growing up after school, I'd go to my, my grandma's house after school. I'd take the bus there. You know, once I got older, like once a week, we'd stop by grandma's, you know, up until uh, like I was in my probably late 20s. Um, so when Thanksgiving would come around, it wasn't like a huge deal because it was like, oh, OK, Thanksgiving. See you guys in two days. <laughs> you know, it's just how it was. Um, so I wouldn't mind going to Disney uh, for Thanksgiving. You know, maybe eat at uh, Liberty Tree Tavern seems like a solid place to have a Thanksgiving meal. Um like, you know, I, I do talk uh, bad about Disney a lot and the prices and everything, but I do miss it. Me and my wife, we both miss it a lot. I know she's missing it too. Uh, hopefully we can go back soon. I was actually looking for uh, part-time jobs just so I could like, you know, help pay the bills, help maybe uh, speed along that Disney trip, maybe go on a honeymoon soon. Uh, but also like one of the jobs I found was like an online or like a virtual job for some uh like a disney like media related uh company and that would be man i would love that i would i would totally love that some sort of job that i could actually like talk about my passion you know one of my passions is disney obviously uh so that would be pretty cool so we'll see what happens there and i feel like i'm at a disadvantage because i don't live in or in orlando um but we'll see you know we still talk probably every other day about moving down to Florida. Um, that's still the long-term goal like that. We want to get down there so bad. Like I think was it lat two weeks ago I recorded the podcast. It was like 70 degrees somehow. 
And the last few days it's been like 20 degrees and now it's getting back up to 50 degrees. Like I cannot take the weather much longer, guys. So if anyone down in the Orlando area or maybe even like Tampa, Clearwater, anywhere in Florida, uh, if you have a job opening, shoot me a shoot me a DM or an email. Might have to take you up on that. But that's pretty much all I got for this episode. Don't want to take up too much of your time. This is a uh, holiday week. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, careful. Uh, have safe travels. You know, it's one of the busiest travel days. You got Blackout Wednesday, people going out to bars, Black Friday. So just uh, safety first. Always remember that. And uh, I wanted to get this pod, this episode out before Thanksgiving for like the people who do have to travel and are either flying or driving. Like I know for me, you know, once I, um, you know, met my wife, like we would, we try to split like the holidays. So like you know, we would, you know, go by her family first and then drive and go by my family. So we were, you know, driving back and forth on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I know what it's like to have to travel on these days. So maybe you're listening to this while you're driving, you know, and uh, I hope I could provide you with a little Disney magic, help that drive go a little quicker, help you get through traffic traffic whatever it is so hope you guys have a good thanksgiving remember to follow me on instagram tiktok those are the big two i also have a youtube i'm gonna try to post more too uh hit me up on instagram anytime dms are always open if you want to talk disney life if you have ideas suggestions for the show you like the the, you like the show just want to you know say hey what's up and uh i always i always enjoy those you know it's a confidence boost um it just kind of reminds me that uh you know you guys we have such a great disney community and uh, helps helps keep this podcast going and um you know uh any any likes any subscribes any ratings reviews all that stuff always helps um if anyone leaves me a review this week bonus points for you virtual high five virtual hug uh and i'll give you a shout out on the very next episode so that's all i got you guys enjoy have a happy thanksgiving and always remember it all started with a mouse